0: Hello and welcome to another episode of ID Sports Basketball Talk. And we're back. You got every well, we got Mongo back. He wasn't here last time.
1: <laughs> We've made a trade. We,
0: we replaced Tommy with Mongo. Tommy says, uh, you guys are too whack for me, yo. Sounds like Tommy. Yep. He did not say anything close to that. No. He lost track of time. And
1: that's actually true. He yeah. just jumped. That's all right. No he got his tank really, really
0: covered. Much. So we got Tank Talk with Kevin. Sounds Tommy. Here we go so we don't have tommy but we do have our um second co-host
1: our resident statistician. So, if, if anyone's going to read off numbers, it's probably going to be that guy in the not screen with us. Kevin, what do you got from us from the uh on this week?
2: Well, quick rundown for tankathon for everybody who loves this segment, which should be all of you guys. Um, so sitting at number 10 is Dallas. They have a lock on their pick because their pick is not protected, so it's not tradable at the moment. They're at 36 and 39, having lost their last four games, three and seven in their last 10. Utah sitting at number nine, 35 and 39, lost their last three games. Sitting at four and six, falling out of the playoff race. Number eight is your Washington Wizards, 33 and 41. They won their last game, three and seven in their last 10. Number seven, your father's Indiana Pacers, 33 and 42, lost their last two games, four and six in their last 10. Portland Trailblazers have the number six spot. Thirty-two and forty-one. They lost their last game. Four and six, and I thought I'm sorry. Three and la- three and seven in their last ten. Number five is everyone's favorite and mine, Orlando Magic. Thirty-one and forty-three. They won their last two games, but they're They've still four and six in their last ten. Uh, number four is the Charlotte Hornets. Twenty-five and fifty-one. They won their last two games. They're dead even in their last ten games. Number three is Tommy's San Antonio Spurs. 19 wins and 55 losses. They lost their last three games. Three and seven in their last ten. Number two is the Houston Rockets. Also three and seven in their last ten. They lost their last four games, and they're at 18 and 56. And the current leader at uh, two games ahead of Houston, if you could say that, is the Detroit Pistons. 16 and 58. They lost their last five games, and they've won a grand total of one game in their last ten games.
0: Okay. Well, you're a little bit off on your numbers, but that's good enough.
2: I might not have hit refresh uh, before before starting talking. No, about
0: no, that. Re- the order did not change. Your numbers, wins to- and loss totals, are slightly different, but that's irrelevant.
1: But that's okay. Because I'm um, an
0: elephant. I, I, <laughs> uh, I,
1: I think two two teams I want to talk about here. One one good, one bad. We try. I try and do that whenever I'm on the show. Um, shockingly, I'm going to talk about Charlotte. As the team that has some good going on right now, um, with six games to play, they almost can't fall out of fourth in the tankathon. Um, they would really have to go on some sort of wild run to catch the Magic, um, and they almost can't catch San Antonio. They can tie him at best. Um, so that's good. They're in a position now where they can actually play and just do what's best for them, whether it be start their young, whether it be try out different rotations, whether it be let some of their veterans get more minutes, that's a nice spot to be. You can just play with nothing to gain or lose. Uh, whereas some of these teams still are trying to jockey for you know, the difference between eighth and ninth, second and first even, but nice place to be if you're Charlotte. A team not so good to talk about right now. Uh, we have an update from Portland. Uh, good if you're talking about the Tankathon, bad if you're talking about anything else. Um, reports coming out from Shams today, Damian Lillard might be getting shut down for the season. Um, obviously, that's basically their way of saying we are not catching back up to the rest of this mediocre West, which we're going to be talking about in just a couple minutes. Um, but it looks like Portland officially saying we will see you when we see you. And, um, you know, never never good when you're shutting down your stars.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, also, in uh, keeping up with everyone, the Knicks own Dallas's pick, If it falls outside of the top 10, it is currently at number 10. So the Knicks don't have a first round pick because they traded their pick to Portland to get Josh Hart.
1: Correct. So you're weirdly enough, if you're a Knicks fan, like everyone is here tonight because Tommy's not with us. um, You are rooting for Dallas to be just a teensy bit more better. Now, the thing that works in uh, Dallas's favor is you do have a number of times where the Lakers, the Jazz, the Thunder are going to run into each other again. So if the Mavs even just play mediocre ball the rest of the way, somebody should be falling under them. Now I know the Jazz are currently below them, but theoretically just on scheduling convenience for the Mavs, the Mavs have one of the better shots of sneaking out of this list um, just because they're kind of more in control of their own destiny. Um anything else you guys want to add? Good on no, my end. Out of takes. All right, thank, thank you, you all
0: for partaking in Tank Talk Without Tommy. And we're back on to the list. The list. The list.
1: The i eighty sports traffic report, where you can find all your news and notes from the week.
0: All righty, the list, the list, the list. So we're kicking things off slightly different. Uh, we are going to talk about real quick the NCAA basketball tournament going on, where you have the Final Four was announced today. Well, not announced, it happened today. It
1: played it played itself into fruition.
0: Uh, so the Final Four are UConn. Versus the U, Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. For those of you who don't know, the U is Miami. they're, yeah. they're known as the U because of football, not because of basketball.
1: Yeah, no, no. Welcome, <laughs> wel- welcome to the big time, Miami. Miami's. I, I have. I'm going to end up looking like an idiot here because I have not watched the women's circuit today, so I don't know what happened. But a big, big weekend for both Miami's women and men's college basketball teams. They're uh, they're having success on both sides. Let's look this up real quick.
0: I have ESPN open. There you go. Uh you keep talking.
1: All right. So uh we're gonna do a couple of things here. We're gonna we're gonna kind of take a look at what's been going on and then we're gonna make our final they four are currently predictions. Losing. Ah, they are currently losing. There you go. That's unfortunate. Well, we'll keep you posted on Miami's women's basketball team because that's what we do around here. We get eerily committed to the strangest things. Um Anyway, so far, if you are trying to describe March Madness in one word, uh, it is absolute chaos. And I'm aware that's two words, but that's how stupid this has been, that I can't even count to two. Um I personally lost my pick to win it all in the first round, uh, which was a pretty low point. But just how chaotic has this been? I'm still in fourth place in one of the leagues I'm in because it's been that terrible for everybody. Um, we lost all number one seeds by, I believe, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight at the latest. Um, but there are no ones left playing. Um, this is a – I believe we have a four. So a... we have
0: 9-6 um, with Florida and San Diego. Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. Florida Atlantic and San Diego. And what is – men's men's
1: men and it's four and uh i believe four and either four and five or four and six uh but they're both mid nine five four five there you go it's a four and a five yeah so so needless to say uh you know the top 12 top you know somewhere between the top 12 and 14 are missing from this thing which is um definitely a reflection on how um uh, you know how deep um you know the ncaa has been getting i've always taken it the other way as we've been getting into more of these one and done situations where guys are going to college, basically just to, because the law says they have to, um, you know, we've been seeing less guys committed to, in my opinion, to truly caring um, about, you know, March madness. They just want to get through this unscathed, uninjured and then be be a lottery pick. Um, We actually saw two guys in this particular tournament, um, the big guy from Purdue and the big guy from Gonzaga, um, the guy from Purdue's name is escaping me. We haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. I apologize. Gonzaga's is um is Timmy. Um, Drew Timmy. These are big guys who are not gonna really college is gonna be their precipice. They're supposed to be second-round picks as of right now, late first-round picks. Um, so it's nice to see guys who played a longer tenure in college, um, you know, really caring about this. Um Zach at the end of the day, What do you got for me, Kev? Zach Eady. Zach Eady, there you go. Thank you. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's been it's been total chaos, and now we're left with these four teams that I don't think a lot of guys had. Um, and so, shall we go around the horn, make our predictions? What do we got?
2: Yeah.
0: So I have uh, Florida versus uh, Florida Atlantic versus uh, Miami, with Florida Atlantic coming out on top.
1: Nice, very nice. What do you have for us, Kev?
2: Uh, for some reason, Google's telling me San Diego State's a five, not a six. Um, yeah, I sorry, I, apparently, I was
0: I was wrong. I just saw that as well. They are five
2: with that in mind, I have a five seed Miami, Florida playing a five seed San Diego State in the final, and I have San Diego State winning by five points.
1: Nice, very specific. I love it. Yukon um, has been annihilating people. Um, since their uh, conference tournament, they've been beating people by double digits. They've been on a tear. Um, It's unfortunate for UConn that we have these weak breaks, but it didn't seem to matter from the field of 32 to the field of 16, um, you know, when everyone sits for five, six days. Um, So UConn's the hot team right now. I'm going to roll with them. San Diego State's defense is silly good, so that's going to be enough to get them past Florida Atlantic. Um, But in the finals, UConn, San Diego State, give me UConn. Um, it's going to be a nice offense defense battle, but I think UConn's defense is good enough um, that they'll be able to hold off San Diego State and, and get the W. Um, definitely give me UConn here. Um, also, real quick, uh, shout out. Um, do we have it's, I believe, I'm oh, sorry, I'm going to look this up real quick. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to Jerome Tang. Sorry, I always forget if it's Jerome or Jeremy. Jerome Tang, who is the coach of Kansas State, very classy move. When he lost in the Elite Eight to Florida Atlantic, he actually went over to Florida Atlantic's locker room. And told them, "Hey, you guys are the toughest team we faced all year. You keep playing like this, you're going to be able to beat anybody." Um, So really classy move. Kansas State was—they had a their point guard broke the record for assists in a you know in a a March tournament game, Um, and then they have their classy coach. uh, Really good look for Kansas State in this tournament. Um, Sorry, before Kevin corrects me, tied the record, didn't break the record, Um, but still a lot of fun stories this this uh, season uh, so far. And now you know we're going to end up with a winner nobody saw coming. What do you got, Kev?
2: Uh, I just wanted to make. I just wanted to make sure that Tommy's pick, Tommy's uh, final, got posted out there. He has UConn versus Florida Atlantic. I don't see which one he picked as the overall winner, though. I. We have an uh, we have an accidental uh, sound uh, mishap. We'll be able to fix that in a minute. Will or as soon as we can.
1: Wait! You got! You got! Are you hearing us? Check one. Check two now I can hear you guys all right perfect um so uh Tommy had Yukon and actually as of two hours ago the last time we spoke to Tommy uh he had Yukon Texas and I will proudly admit I uh, I also had Texas going places uh and now I'm wearing this shirt for nothing because I got dressed before the two games happened today um I really thought Texas was going places uh sorry Tommy you did too um but we both had UConn beating Texas in the finals at least um and uh and so yeah we're all we're on the Yukon train I'm not. You are not, but you are wrong. I.
2: right. I've got a five.
1: <laughs> hey, real, real quick. If we, I hope we have a second here. If I don't just stop me, but um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big WNBA supporter. I'm a big women's sports supporter in general. Um, last night, I happened to be at a bar watching the games. And so I had, they had Yukon Gonzaga on one screen. Um, they had the LSU Utah women's game on the other screen. Um, first of all, the media, what are you doing here? I don't know if you've ever watched a women's game next to a men's game, but the, thank you. But the men's game has so many more little details to it, chirons to it. I was with people who aren't big basketball watchers. They could follow the men's game. They couldn't follow the women's game because they do things like, They'll post in the men's game, you know, foul on this person, jump ball on this, turn over. You know, they explain the game better as though now, not as though fans know, don't know that game as well, but they're aware that they're picking up the casual fan because it's almost like they don't expect the women's game to ever be on mute in a bar. Like they don't expect it to be in a big setting where you might not be able to hear the TV, which is ridiculous. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot by not making the women's game as easy to follow is the men's game. That's part of why you have more men's game watchers. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is because the men's game is easier to pick. It's being produced to pick up the the casual fan at a bar more easily. Secondly, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Then I'll say the other thing.
2: We hope they correct this Plexico Burris mistake soon.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're shooting themselves in the leg with this. Um, Secondly, I like what you did there, Kev. Secondly, Utah LSU was a great game with a bit of a controversial ending, controversial foul. There was a girl who had a chance to – tie up the game, and missed a free throw in ridiculous fashion, barely grazed the front of the net. If that happened on the men's bracket, you'd never hear the end of it. This girl, they this is going to go totally unnoticed, and good for her because she's going to escape with more of her dignity than someone on the men's side would. But it was a great ending. Literally, the game ends, and it immediately goes to an ESPN 150 segment on college football in the uh, 80s or 90s or something like that. The UConn game was a blowout. UConn wins by like 28 or some nonsense like that, and we have to sit around
2: we haven't. Uh, we have another uh, uh, slight cutout. We'll we'll get. We'll we'll resume as soon as the uh, sound is restored. You got. It? You guys good?
1: Oh. Yeah, we're good. Are you?
2: It seems to be. freezing oh, decreasing. You got us now, Kev. your
1: end. Yeah. Sorry, it's definitely it's my, on our it's end. My
2: internet's kind of getting. So you got us now, Kev? Head. Yeah.
1: All right. Beautiful. Anyway, and we UConn apologize to our
2: viewers for these technical difficulties. By sorry the way. about
1: that. This is the this is the ghost of uh, of it's the ghost of the still alive. Jim Calhoun uh, calling me out for talking about badly about the UConn game. Um, it was a blowout. There was no reason to stick around for 20 minutes and cover it. But we had to watch that stupid tradition where they cut the net down piece by piece, which is so dangerous. Why are you setting these kids up a ladder after running for 40 minutes? Cut down the net and then break it up. It's such a stupid tradition. They stay on it for far too long. And the fact that they're covering the women's post game for zero minutes when there was so much more to break down in that game, it's ridiculous. Sorry, that's that's my rant for the day.
0: Do better. On to the final topic of the day, the West, the 7 West. through 12. So uh, 7 through 12 for the West, we got Pelicans at 7, six, 8. Nope, why did I say 6? 8, we have Wolves. Nine we got Lakers. Ten we got Thunder. Eleven we got Mavs. And twelve we got Jazz. That was we have excluded
2: the Blazers at thirteen because they're three and a half games out of the ten spot.
0: Because they're not part of seventh or twelve.
1: Correct. And with the sit down of Lillard, like we said, they right. seem content to not even want to so, be in this conversation.
0: So let's t- let's also let me run down real quick the past ten. Uh, Pelican, so I'll give you records and the past 10. Uh, Pelicans are, so all these teams are 500 or below. Pelicans are 37, 37, 6 and 4 in the last 10. Wolves are 37 and 37, 5 and 5 in the last 10. Wolves are a great team to bet on for being 500 every year. Always,
1: always <laughs> take that 41.
0: <laughs> Lakers are 37, 38. They lost today, but they are 6 and 4 in the last 10. Thunder are 36 and 38 in their last, and they're six and four in their last 10. Mavs are 36 and 39, three and seven in their last 10, and just have not seemed to have been able to gel since the Kyrie trade. Trade? Yeah, it was a trade. Um, And then jazz are 39, sorry, 35 and 39 and four and six in their last 10. Um, So I think we're not going to see too much of a shift at the bottom. I think uh, between I, for the ten, I think I think it's going to be Pels, Wolves, Lakers, Thunder for the the the, the ten, seven through ten. What the order is going to be, it, it's going to fluctuate. I just feel like the Mavs are not gelling. I think Jason Kidd is not the right coach for this team, and I think it's showing because he he he's a few weeks ago there was a whole big thing about how he's pretty much saying it wasn't urgent or anything, and since then the team has just not been looking good. They're three and seven in their last ten, and I think it's been since then. Um, maybe not all of those losses, but an amount of them. And the Jazz, they're just, they're just, they didn't want, even expect to be in this position uh, to begin the season. This is a victory for them. How they played this throughout the year, they, they seem to like uh, Laurie Marketing and how that's going to go in the future with him. This team has, has some good draft picks coming up. They're very, they, they have a nice bright future ahead of them. Um, as for the Pelicans, Wolves, Lakers, and Thunder, I think in the end you're going to see all these. I think you're going to see Thunder Lakers are probably going to be 42 losses, is my guess. Uh, Wolves 41, and Pelicans are going to be 41. Actually, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to say Pelicans are going to be 40, 40, 42, 40, 42 for Pelicans, Lakers, Thunder, Wolves are 41 to 41.
1: So effectively, that was a whole lot of numbers that start with a four. But effectively, what he was saying was the Wolves will end up the seven. uh, The Mavs and Jazz will miss the playoffs. And uh, eight through 10 will be determined by tiebreakers.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's my prediction. Kevin, what do you got?
1: Um, It's interesting because Jason
2: Kidd has been terrible at other coaching stops. See Milwaukee, for example, um, where he had talent and didn't pre- and underperform there as well. So this isn't so this isn't anything new in my mind of Dallas Mavericks underperforming with Jason Kidd as the head coach. Uh I do have the I do sadly have the same 7 to 10 uh you know, teams, no maybe not necessarily the order as it is right now. I just don't see the Dallas Mavericks going any higher based on their inability to play their inability for the head coach or the two stars to like play together well. Expect a mass I, I expect a big shakeup in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, well,
0: Kyrie is a free agent this offseason, so that's already a big off, a big shakeup. Um and then well, that's not the only thing
2: it. I think will happen. I think Kid could likely be fired.
0: Well, so I will say this: Kid got the job because Luca liked him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So unless Luca soured on Kid. I expect kid back at least one more year because I don't see Cuban just firing him because of that. I, I I think Cuban will give him one more year, especially if Luca likes him because he wants to keep his star happy. Because we all know when stars get unhappy, it's bad for the organizations.
2: Seahawks and Trey Young, <laughs>
0: right? So if if as long as Luca still wants kid kid staying, um, Kyrie right now word is Lakers don't want him, which makes sense. The Lakers are doing well with. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. They want to bring him back right now, and they sh- would be able to bring him back most likely cheaper and other pieces that they brought in as well. So instead of mortgaging all those players, because this team has been performing very well in this is since the trade deadline, if this was the team they had coming into the year, we'd be talking about them as the number four seed right now.
1: But how open the West is? Yeah, absolutely.
0: And technically, I believe they're still in the race for, for,
1: for that. Time. Oh yeah, no four four through through eleven here is uh, four through twelve is pretty wild, but uh, you know. We, we trust Phoenix and, and Golden State's ability to hold off, you know, the Thunder. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's statistically, it's very open.
0: Um, so, Bongo?
1: Yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to do this quick hit style here. Um, Carl Anthony Towns back from injury. I'll, that's enough for me. Minnesota's in. Uh, LeBron James came back from injury today, even though they lost. Um, he's, he's coming ba- and he came back off the bench, but still, you add LeBron, that can only speak good. Um, and Laurie Markkinen out uh, the last couple games with a hand contusion. Uh, that is not good. Um, I think even if he comes back, his shooting will be off. Um, so that's enough for me to convince, you know, convince me that the Jazz are out, the Lakers and the Wolves are in. Um, so now we're looking at basically two of the Pelicans, Thunder and Mavs making the playoffs. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little different here. I'm going to put the Mavs ahead of the Thunder. Um, regardless of what the last 10 says, the Thunder have been playing amazing basketball um, lately and I actually I had the honor of, of accidentally getting to watch Thunders uh, Thunder Clippers this past week. The Thunder have been playing like who they are, an incredibly young team. They've been playing incredibly fast. they've been winning games lately by just blowing by people. I think they're going to run out of gas just a little too soon. Um, I think they, we, you know, we talked about where the Knicks peaking too early. I think the Thunder might have peaked a little too earlier. I think they're just going to run out of gas in those last couple games, um, and the, you know, they're they're right there with everybody. So one loss could be fatal. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Mavs survive and sneak in as the ten. Uh, the Thunder and Jazz end up missing the playoffs here.
0: I also think it's it's safe to say the Pelicans are going to make it in, uh, especially seeing that that it just they they seem to be the strongest of the the remaining teams that are I think the Wolves are 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 shoeing. Uh,
1: yeah, The Wolves have been have been really incon- have not really they're only here because they're mathematically here. Mm-hmm. If you ask me to just make this a power ranking conversation instead of a records conversation, I don't have Minnesota in this conversation. I really don't even have the Pelicans in this conversation because they've played so well dealing with adversity all season, why should the pressure get to them here at all? all right. And
0: I think the Lakers are of these 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 teams. I think the Lakers have the best
1: team. I at this point I say
0: I think yes. but my only concern is how healthy is LeBron? Correct. Is he coming back too soon because originally word came out earlier in this week that he was going to come back for the last 3 games. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? There's, there's more than 3 games left. I'm a little concerned he came back early because he wanted he wants to to push. You don't need to be pushing yourself. Your team is going to make the playoffs. He should mm-hmm. be resting. The coach should be trying to get him to rest.
1: But at the same time, we talked about this. We know that these are very, very winnable games at the end of the Lakers season. You know, if LeBron sees a path here, again, I I haven't gone full deep dive into the Warriors, the Suns schedule, the Pelicans schedule. But if the Lakers believe that with LeBron, they have a shot at five and one here, um, you know, or whatever, however many games they have left. um they could be, they might be thinking, not just let's make the play in, they might be thinking, let's make a run at the six here. So, LeBron coming back is a little suspicious. I'm with you on that. But they may have some secondary motives here that they just don't want to say because if they say they're going for six and then they miss the playoffs, that looks like a major whiff. What do you got there, Kev?
2: Um, the Suns at the four spot, uh, let me just double check. The Suns at the four spot are only two and a half games above the Lakers. So, You've got some you've got some merit here on on that thought that the Lakers could be trying to qualify for the sixth seed and bypass the play-in tournament uh in its entirety. Uh what I did want to point out is there was a change uh in the Western Conference standings from last week. I don't believe Memphis Grizzlies had clinched their division yet as of last week, but they have clinched since we last talked. There have been no change in the teams that have been eliminated since last week on either conference which is surprising and the uh, 76ers did clinch since last week uh they needed somehow a combination of one or two teams in the east to lose and that happened so the 76ers have officially clinched a spot in the top six so I just wanted to make sure that those standing updates are known
1: Does anyone else have anything to add on this conversation, or can I talk about the Sixers and the Grizzlies real quick? Go talk about Sixers and Grizzlies. Go ahead, Kevin. Please stop us if we get frozen again, because these are these are one's a quick rant, one's a long rant, but two things that just kind of irked me this week. Um, Let's talk about the Sixers first, because it's it's easy enough. Um, The Sixers officially clinched when the Nets lost a game. Um, There you go.
2: Yep.
1: And immediately, the 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 Twitter world, the Twitterverse, as it were, posted as such you know, the Sixers clinch on a Nets loss. How unfair is that to the Sixers? It's not like football where... Teams literally get in the playoffs solely because of a backdoor series of, of unfortunate events. The Sixers have been a lock to make the playoffs since like Christmas, and that's how you're going to honor them? They snuck in? No, they didn't sneak in. They're a really, really good team that would have clinched about 10 different ways over the last two weeks of the, the season. That's such nonsense that that's... I'm not even a Sixers fan. I didn't even see that. That's I just, I just hate that that's how they... just. I mean, it's factually true. I get it, but... Come on, guys. Give give the team a little bit of credit. They've been working their butt off for that, 75 years. That games. is 100%. Honor them for
0: who they are. 100% that's just the clicks.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I hate that so much. And it wasn't like one particular site. A lot of places. Can we do that, that, that for us,
0: To get the clicks? We'll have that as our... Uh...
1: That I made I made the I-80 playoffs because
0: because
1: uh, yep. Steve over at football <laughs> lost lost a view. <laughs> Shout out, Steve. Love Thank you, buddy. Cool. Um, but then the, the second one I want to talk about, and this one's a little bit more convoluted, but... Um, when we originally learned about the John Morant suspension, um, Kevin went the extreme route and said he's out for the season. Um, I took the short porch and said he's only going to have the two games. And and you can check the tape. That's what I said. Yes. But you can check our text. As soon as the episode ended, I did a deeper dive and I said, guys, the fix is officially in here. He's going to come back March 22nd. Um, it's going to be an eight-game suspension. And the reason why that is is because when you look at – the last three or four games, or sorry, the last two games the Grizzlies had and the next two coming up, this is a really easy spot in the Grizzlies schedule, and it's a great place to bring Ja Morant back and have them have him look really good. And sure enough, go back and check the March 22nd box score for the Grizzlies. There's Ja Morant making his grand return. Uh, I'll, I'm sorry, but this, this reeks of illegitimate suspension to me. Suspending him eight games looks good. It, it sends a message. It's enough time to satisfy everybody, but they knew exactly what they were doing here. In those eight games, they missed Dallas three times. You don't think they didn't want John Morant getting advice from Kyrie Irving when they're standing next to each other on a free throw. They knew exactly what they were doing. It, it's a good look for the Grizzlies. It keeps Jaw out of trouble by talking to Dallas, um, and then on top of that, he comes back. They immediately they beat the Rockets the first game. They destroyed the Rockets the second game. They have winnable games coming up. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but th- I'm I'm not. I'm, I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I also don't consider myself a genius. So for this to be so obvious, I, I'm I'm sorry. I I don't like what the Grizzlies did here because I think this was very very premeditated. Kev, what do you got? It's not
2: the Grizzlies who issued the eight-game suspension. It's the NBA Commissioner's Office. Well, or- they want that
0: too, though, right? Because they, ja, they is they see him as uh, a, a potential face of the of the future of the NBA. And this whole this this, and obviously they they can't come out and say that now because of all the stuff that's come out. But prior to this, he was he's been a, a, a dark horse in their mind for MVP type of player.
1: Right. Also, with how fast the Grizzlies got ahead of this. You don't think they were immediately calling the NBA offices and and discussing this? Second of all, we saw with Kyrie, you know, the Nets kept saying, "Hey, what if we have him do this? What if we, you know, the the net, you know, Kyrie ultimately was sort of the the preface for this. Well, if he goes to you know counseling, we can reduce it to this. If he does this, you know, what if he apologizes? What if he this? What if he that? And so, they, and
0: he, this was all done before the NBA even.
1: Correct. And so I I do think even though it is an NBA levied suspension, you don't think Memphis is there saying, well, if we send him to dot, 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 if he does dot, 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 if he deletes this tweet, if he does whatever, um, you know, if he agrees to a full investigation in the offseason, whatever it might be, um, you know, I, I think there are certainly ways Memphis could still have a say in how this plays out, where he can get back on the court before it's necessarily all resolved. Kev?
2: I just think my biggest issue with the suspension is when the NBA issued their suspension, they took credit for games he was already missing, which I thought was just garbage. I thought they should have just laid the suspension from that point, not taking credit for any games that he missed. Now I mean, that being Jeff, said, I, mean, I do no. hope now now that sure, being said, Jeff. I do hope that uh, uh, John Morant has tr- is is truly continues to seek help for whatever the issue is, whether it be stress management, as he claims, or whatever other factors in his life that are going around, I hope he does um, find find the help he needs. But uh, it, that, that suspension was very
1: strange. Right. And, and again, think about it from that perspective. What sounds more dramatic, a six-game suspension or an eight-game suspension, little asterisk, look down at the bottom, Two of those games already happened, but again, eight sounds more dramatic than six. They knew what they were doing. They wanted this to look the part of a serious suspension without it being all that dramatic.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this does read that way, a uh, little bit of conspiracy, but, you know, Mongo loves his conspiracies. Check out a baseball to figure out why.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> Actually, this is the second time in two separate episodes that I'm saying this. Cue that uh, X-Files music.
0: Also, check out that baseball episode. Please. <laughs> Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap things up? We do have something that Mongo is going to say in our outro, so don't have to worry about that.
1: No, I, I think that's good. Uh, we are in the in the closing closing uh, um, you know moments of the league here of the season, and I just I think it's awesome how much is undecided. Um, I'm a I'm the West a is big, big fan the, of the the, chaos. This whole here.
0: West chaos is crazy to me because if you told me that this was going to be the West, especially after how last season went and the the, the, the things that changed. Uh, I would have thought you were crazy that you were going to tell me that like four through 12 is up for grabs. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I need to say this for those of you out there who are vehemently against, um, you know, player rest days, um, you know, in the future, if NBA players are only playing 60 games, a true team with multiple superstars on it can't really get that far of a lead if they're just giving up games to the, you know, if you know if the mavs rest you know Kyrie and Luka on a day they're playing the raptors and the raptors beat them by 36 you know they're not going to get as far ahead as they can and i think some teams are going to start to realize uh oh we can't rest as much as we wanted because you're going to end up with this situation but i also think it may lead to more chaos if teams aren't actively trying to win 65 70 games every season and they're content to just get in and see where it goes from there so this may be an accidentally good side effect
0: yep i also think that as the uh, star players age out and we get more of these younger players. We're going to just see less of that in general right now. If you really look at the top of the NBA, you're talking about LeBron, you talk about Steph Curry, you talk about Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. These guys are all over, 30. Right. So you do want to give them more rest and make sure that they're ready. And I'm not saying that 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 they're not that injured. Those guys have also have injury history as well. Yeah. All four of them, and
1: even the younger guys, Giannis and Embiid. I mean, they they miss their games too. Right. I mean, it's it, this isn't Logan's Run. It's not like at age 30 you're all of a sudden also, you know, out of league. also isn't Embiid 30? Embiid is probably 30 by yeah. now. He came into. The I'm going to look that up right now.
0: So um, while Kevin looks that up, uh, yeah, anything else we want to say? Uh, Knicks, get your stuff together.
1: Hold on. on. Embiid is 29 years old.
0: Okay. Almost. almost. Yeah,
1: Yeah, Jalen Brunson, please get healthy.
0: Uh, Yeah. Remember, like, share, subscribe, ring that notification bell, comment down below your well wishes to Jalen Brunson.
1: We have to end tonight's show, unfortunately, on a sad note. On uh, Tuesday, the NBA and particularly the Knicks community uh, lost a absolute, absolute all-star in all of our books. Uh, Willis Reed passed away at age 80. Um, For those of you who do not know, Willis Reed was part of that Knicks championship team in the early 70s. Um, He then would go on to later be a coach uh, as well as a uh, general manager in this league. Um, He was a basketball lifer. Um, and when older Knicks fans talk about him, the two biggest memories they have of him are his heroic injury-riddled return to the court for Game Seven in the uh, NBA Finals. Uh, but then the second thing they most talk about is how he was part of one of the greatest passing teams of all time um, in that early '70s Knicks team. Both stories just speak to one of the most selfless great players you'll ever meet. And um, you know, for Knicks fans, there's basically just two reasons to be excited: uh, the '70s Knicks and the '90s Knicks. And so. Uh, You know, this is certainly a big loss, not just for the whole NBA family, uh, but particularly for Nick fans out there everywhere. Um, So please join us by ending the show in a moment of silence in honor of Willis Reed. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. Love you all.